champion has never lost a battle, ever, never. The captain of the hosts has never lost a battle. So we're in it to win it. <laughs> yeah, so amen. God is so faithful. He's just so good. Um, wow, the worship was tremendous. The girl who did the fine arts, oh my word, she's just powerful. There's a generation rising that God is raising up uh, who's gonna speak over this generation and sing over this generation and break the chains of bondage off of them. And I'm excited to be a part. We have a master's commission program that is just 80 kids on fire for God. You know, I, I just, I love to pass them in the halls. And, you know, Ron and I are actually um, uh, retired. <laughs> you can leave that. Yeah. And um, yeah, but we, we just travel and go and, and uh, raise money for missions. And our oldest uh, daughter and her husband are the pastors of the church now. And, and so God has just really been faithful. And um, so I just, uh, as a matter of fact, I have a picture of the girls, right? My girls in India. So that when you purchase everything, it goes back. There's my sweet girls. Oh, my word. And they're just so awesome. And see the little youngest one that's right in the middle, Esther? Because she has been called to the kingdom for such a time as this. Uh, they, they, uh, the mother came. We're trying to rescue them now before they get trapped. Like the older girls have been rescued from the brothels. But, um, you know, they brought Esther to us when she was three years old and said, uh, please take my daughter. And we said, we cannot take a three-year-old. We have these girls with a lot of issues. And, will you, and they, she says, well, my husband is an alcoholic and she's already being abused. And, and she said, you can take her now or buy her later. And she turned around and she walked away with her. And we chased her down the driveway and said, we will take her. And so, you know, look at that sweet face. I mean, how much is that worth? And so um, there's just things on the table. Everything you purchase goes back. We do not keep it for ourselves. We put it back into Legacy, which, which um, there's four families that are... Um, taking care of our home called New Hope in Faridabad, India. And this is never give up on your dreams. God puts dreams in our hearts from the time we are little girls. And sometimes through the cares of life and the, the pains of life, they get plowed under. But you know what? God wants to resurrect some things in these last days. He wants to stir us up to say, don't give up on that dream. I will help you fulfill that. And so this is um, how, to, how to see your dreams come to pass, or you may not have even realized it was a God dream. And uh, I have a testimony on that. And then there's, um, you gotta know that you know that you know. How many of you know when you step out to do something for God, the enemy's gonna come to you and say, well, who do you think you are? <laughs> well, you better know who you are. You better know that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that you have been bought with a price and your life is not your own anymore. And so now you are more than a conqueror. You're an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. So this is knowing God as father. Some of us did not grow up with fathers. And, uh, you know, we have either absent fathers or abusive fathers. And you need to learn who God is, Amen. how good he is, and how he is for you and he is with you. Knowing who you are in Christ. Anytime you need something from God, he's going to take you back to who you really are in him. If you need healing, he's going to take you back. And, you know, to see that with his stripes, you were healed. And so if you were healed, then you are healed. And so if you, you so those of you that were baptized in the Holy Ghost last night, woo, praise the Lord. That was so awesome. I'm so proud of you for coming. Yeah. And, um, you know, and so then know your enemy and know how to worship God and why we worship God. We were seated in darkness. We were bound in chains and we had no hope. We have a lot to worship God about. When, when I just try to put myself in the middle of, of those songs that we sing, I mean, when we were before the throne of God, I mean, I just picture myself right there. Y'all are gone. It's just me and him. We are just, you know, and I just look all. Um, and uh, here's the testimony. There's some of those left out there. The testimony CDs are gone, but there's some DVDs that are still left out. Uh, here's the book, Call It Incredible. Uh, that has been written on the story of my husband's life. Honey, will you come up here and let them see you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Honey, come up here. Okay. Um, yay. Here he is. I want you to see him in the light. 
Yeah. <laughs> In the glorious light. <laughs> hey. <laughs> it's my miracle man. Yeah. <laughs> I miss the... <laughs> you want to say something? No. Oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. I'm, I'm scared. <laughs> love you, baby. I love you, honey. So call it incredible. And the people that did, um, amen, he's incredible. And I'm one blessed woman, I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, and so uh, the, the, yeah, where was I? <laughs> 14 years later, mm -hmm, yeah, still got it. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Yeah, he still makes me dizzy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, the people that did Fireproof and, and um, some of those movies, Mom's Night Out and Courageous, have given us the contract to do the full-length movie on the story of our life. So, you know, I don't know when it's coming out, but it's going to be a good chick flick. Uh, let me just tell you that. So, Sister Pastor, I would just love to bless you. Thank you for opening your home to us and, and your, 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 your God home. <laughs> and, well, this is where she lives, <laughs> really. And um, so, yeah. Okie doke. Well, I just love, I just love how God pulls everything together because I have a message on, um, on speaking the word. You know, and how we move in to, um, to our destiny by speaking the word of God over our life. And, and some of you have had uh, godly women that have spoken over your life. And you, you need to keep a journal. You need to write those things down so that when you get in doubt or when you get in fear, um, you can go back and you can say, no, no, no. <laughs> You can't put fear on me. I am going to fulfill my destiny and everything that God has for me. And so we do that by speaking the word. So Father, we just thank you right now that you have called us to the kingdom for such a time as this. And Lord, I just thank you that your word is powerful and it is sharper than a two-edged sword. And so I pray that you will cut away the things that will hinder us from running our race and fulfilling our course. And God, we just are careful to give you all the glory for what is said and done here today. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see the truth of what you would reveal to us in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 Well, um, okay, so this is women wake up. We need to wake up to who God has called us to be. There's an apathy, a slumber that is in the church world right now. You don't hear many voices rising up. Uh, in these last days to, to speak the word of God and the truth of God's word uh, about how, how we should live. See, I didn't come here just to play patty cake with you. <laughs> I really came to challenge you to be separate from the world, to live your life, we, we, you know, of, of how God has called you to be and to live holy. He's the Holy Spirit. And he calls us to holiness and separation, uh, to, to modesty. Just because you got it don't mean you have to flaunt it, right? So, you know, we, we want to be modest women because people are watching our life. You know, and so in Acts chapter 2, verse 17, um, it says, and, and it shall come to pass in the last day, says God. It says who? Yeah, you think God's got a good track record of things that are going to come to pass? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He says, it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Don't you love that? I mean, bring your daughters to church. Let them um, get in the middle of God's word and hear and experience. Don't be ready to just rush out the door and go somewhere. Let them, let them build bonds and friendships here. In the church, remember, we went to see this premiere of a movie, uh, one of those Christian movies that's coming out because we're kind of on the docket, you know, for that. And so anytime a Christian movie comes out, um, and, and this man, Ron, it never meets a stranger. He was talking to this man with his, like, 16-year-old son that was standing there. And, and, uh, and, and we were talking about the movie and how good it was that, that God is bringing, uh, you know, movies, faith-based movies for people to go see clean movies. And the guy, and the man says, yeah, he says, 
he says, um, you know, I'm just so grateful. And he says, you know, and he looks over at his son and he goes, yeah, and my son uh, has, has, had a, has had a drug problem his whole life. And he says, tell me about your drug problem, son. And he goes, I don't have a drug problem, dad. <laughs> and he says, yes, you do. I have drugged you to church since you were six months old. I drugged you to church and I put you in Sunday school. And I, you know, he was the straight man for his dad. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, you have a drug problem. I drug you to church your whole life. And I was screaming. I don't know how I've lived this long and never heard that before. So, yeah, I just thought that was so funny. And I don't even know how I, but your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. So drag, drag them to church. Give them a drug problem early in their life. And so, um, yeah. And y'all gave me this necklace. How sweet is this? This was in my gift basket. Mm hmm Yeah. So... Um, okay, and so it says, and, and your, um, men, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, and on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in the last days. And see, we are living in the last days, and we get to be a part of the greatest sweeping of the harvest field that has ever happened in the history of the world. And we get to be a part of that if we choose to be. And so we're... Um, you know, you say, well, how do you know that this is the last days? Because this is Peter quoting the prophet Joel when he said, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And 2,000 years ago, when the Holy Spirit came into the upper room and down the stairs and into Jerusalem and into the whole wide world, we have been a part of that. When anybody needed a miracle, they had to get to Jesus or one of the disciples. But you know what? Now the Holy Spirit has been poured out and we get to be God's hands and feet in the earth. And he wants to use you, not just your pastors, but you, you. You are strategically placed in your workplace, in your neighborhood, in your school for such a time as this. And God wants to use you to heal the sick and raise the dead and cleanse the lepers and cast out devils. So, you know, we're closing in on these last days and we're close to the coming of the Lord. And you say, well, how do you know that? Well, because Israel is our time clock and we can look at the things that are shaking in Israel. But, you know, Jesus is showing up in places. I mean, there are testimonies of people who are actually seeing Jesus. <laughs> and I mean, it is, he is pouring himself out in the last days. And don't you know the Apostle Paul would have loved to have lived in these last days? I mean, he would have had more satellites up there than Jan and Paul Crouch. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he would have used the technology to be able to, um, to be a witness, to preach the gospel, and, you know, to live it out like, like we should in these last days. And so, um, so we get to be a part of it. And, and it says, greater works will you do. <laughs> Jesus said, greater works will you do than even I did. And you say, well, what does that mean? Well, I'm not real sure. I just say, let's just do the works that he did <laughs> and, then, and then move on from there. It's about living by the Holy Ghost. It is about um, living out of your spirit, man, and not trying to make all your decisions from, because, you know, when you try to rationalize something out or you, you're never going to figure it out. As a matter of fact, you may not even do what God's called you to do. You just have to step out and just do it. You have to step over the opposition and, and just move on with God. And so, you know, we are on kingdom business and kingdom assignments everywhere we go. God has divine appointments set up for us everywhere we go. And uh, I, I, he sets me up on airplanes all the time. I mean, somebody will sit next to me in an airplane and I have a captive audience. <laughs> and many times I'll just ask them what they do and who they are and where they're going. And, you know, before you know it, I'll have a little mom crying on my shoulder because her daughter is far from God. And I will pray because we have the answer to everybody's problem. We have the answer. I've led people to the Lord. Sometimes you will, sometimes you will plant a seed, sometimes you will water a seed, and sometimes you get to bring the harvest. But always keep your spiritual antennas up. 
because God wants to use you in the last days. You know, um, I have a friend who's a pastor and his sister it was uh, just barely born again. I mean, she had just gotten saved. And you remember Joyce Meyer used to talk about how she was very unorthodox when she first started um, her little Bible studies in her house. You know, she had just gotten saved, but she had got the fire of God. She was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then she said, I really want to do something for God. So she started a Bible study in her living room and she would wear her shorty shorts and smoke cigarettes and teach the Bible, you know? <laughs> And so she, you know, I mean, sometimes we're justified. We're just not quite sanctified yet. <laughs> and so, but it's a process. It's a process. And so my friend, he's a pastor. And he said, my sister had gotten off work and she was driving home and she was just you know, recently born again. Sometimes I think we're easier to hear the Holy Spirit and obey him. When, when we're baby Christians, because we know that we wouldn't do that. He said, go to the antique store. And she said, I don't want to go to the antique store. I don't even like antiques. Don't know the first thing about antiques. And he said, go to the antique store. And so she said, I was going to the bank when I got off work. But she said, I turned my car around and I went into the antique store. And she said, I... I didn't really know what I was there for. And so I was just walking around and, and she said, I, I came upon this little older couple and they were standing in the back. And she said, I knew that was who I was there for. And she went back there and she said, um, ma'am, she said, I don't, I don't want to um, make you afraid or anything. <laughs> but she said, I am on assignment from Almighty God. <laughs> and this little lady, she started crying. She said, my husband and I just came from the doctor's office. And she said, they told me I have a terminal disease and that it's not even worth doing surgery because that would just shorten my days. And they said, go home and just spend the rest of your days out and hospice will come. And, and she said, I, I just, we're in shock. We cannot even believe this. And my husband said, honey, you love antiques. Why don't I just take you to the antique store and we'll pick something out for you. And she said, so here we are. And she said, we just don't even know what to think or how to act. And she's, and so the sister, she looks at it and she says, do you know Jesus? And she said, I do. She said, do you know that he is still the healer? He is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he wants to heal you? And she said, do you think? <laughs> you think so? And she said, I know so. She said, can I pray for you? And she looks at the little lady, and the lady says, yes, please pray for me. And without bells, horns, or whistles, or screaming, she lays her hand on her head and says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, be healed and made whole. And she stepped back and the little lady said, can I take your picture? <laughs> and she said, sure. And she got her phone number. And she said, two weeks later, I got a phone call. And this little lady, she says, do you remember me? You met me at the antique store and you prayed for me. And she said, we just came from the doctor's office and I have no cancer in my body whatsoever. I am healed. Jesus healed me right there in the antique store. Kingdom assignments. God will put you on kingdom assignment. If you will keep your spiritual antennas up, he will do that. I'm telling you, we walked the streets of Las Vegas and I saw those little 16 year old girls with handcuffs around their neck and they were strutting. I know they were trafficked. I know they were trafficked. And I said, Oh God, I don't know. How, I don't know. You, you, you have to be so careful not to get them in trouble by talking to them. But I would just walk by there and say, Jesus loves you. He just loves you. He loves you. He loves you. God, God sent, you know how I got born again? I didn't get, I didn't want to go to church. I wasn't even looking for God. But there was a group of little ladies in a prayer room saying, Father God, send them from the north and the south. 
Amen. Amen. We got to fire up the prayer room again. We got to rescue these girls that are broken and hurting and lost. I know we shouted and hooted last night, but I'm telling you, if you'll get this down in your heart, you will shout and hoot and root and run and dance because you will change people's lives. You have been called to the kingdom for such a time as this. You are a fierce warrior, and God wants to stir that up on the inside of you this weekend and tell you who you really are. So we have to push past the things that would put us in fear and intimidation, and we have to move out and obey the commander-in-chief and say, yes, I will. I will obey you. I will talk to my neighbor. I will talk to my coworker. You may just invite them to church. Our Mother's Day service is going to be very evangelistic. It's not just going to be handing them a flower. It is bringing women into the house of God and sometimes fathers who, will, who would never come except their wife wanted them to come to Mother's Day service with them. Well, you talk about a divine setup. We got the gospel guns loaded and we're ready to preach it. <laughs> with both barrels. <laughs> We're shooting straight. Yeah. So I'm excited. Pastor David Wilkerson has said for years, get your house in order for judgment is coming to the house of God. Judgment is coming to our, the sin in our nation is drawing the judgment of God. We cannot continue on the way that we are and not have the judgment of God come. And he says, get your house in order. Um, uh, James Robinson said, this is a call to holiness and separation. But at the same time, there will be an increase in wisdom and revelation and dreams and visions and spiritual gifts and creativity for the marketplace in businesses and financial breakthroughs and, mi and miracles and healings. We're gonna see a wave of the supernatural power of God that comes along to the church, but also to the marketplace. God is going to, you've got the creator of the universe living on the inside of you. Ask him to help you have create. Don't you wish you had been the woman who created Spanx? <laughs> I mean, seriously? <laughs> Worth every penny. <laughs> I am just saying, what about the potato chip clip? That man has made millions of dollars off of a glorified clothespin. <laughs> you know, a chip clip. I'm just telling you, God wants to... I, I took the painting class. <laughs> that is not my spiritual gift. That is not my natural gift. <laughs> but the lady who taught it, my word, that is her gift. That is where she is anointed. Oh, my word. I love her. She, she just... It just flows. And there's a spirit of peace and, 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 and those prophetic paintings that are coming out now with scriptures and, I, I, you know, I mean, just, just find your gift and flow in it. I was embarrassed to put my picture, even next to Debbie's, hers was so good. And I'm like, my birds look like little eggs with a, anyway, yeah. <laughs> my husband said, bless your heart. <laughs> about what you say about what God says. I have no idea where I put my sword. <laughs> Gotta have our sword. Because, you know, God's word says um, in Philippians 4.19, your God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Isn't that what the word says? We gotta learn how to wield the sword of the spirit if we're gonna be a fierce warrior. You better learn how to use the word of God to speak it over your life and see it come to pass. Your God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But what if you say, well, you know, Miss Suzanne, I get my check on Friday and it's gone on Monday. And I'm just telling you, I don't ever have enough money to give or tithe or anything like that because, you know, all my money has to go to pay bills. Mm. <laughs> you have to tithe first. 
It's the word. If you're gonna if you're gonna be a fierce warrior, you better learn how to obey instruction. And the tithe comes off the top, and somehow God will supernaturally uh, make it work. I don't know. He makes up the difference, and then he does it, you know, super abundantly. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, Miss Betty told me Miss Betty was my little eighty-seven-year-old pioneer of faith best friend, and. She told me, she's, I told her, because I would sit in church and I'd watch the offering bag go by every time. And I would say, I, she invited me to her house one day for lunch. And I said, you know, I noticed that you never let that offering go by, that you don't put something in there. And she said, honey, you listen to this and you listen good. You cannot outgive God. <laughs> You cannot outgive God. I love that you gave them money to give into the offering because there is a release that comes when you give and you give to missions. And you know what she said? She told me, she says, um, she said, I never come before the king without a gift because he never stands before me without a gift. He's always got something for us. And so when he says, I will supply all your needs according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Then we have to understand he is, that is his word. Because your job is not your source. Your heavenly father is your source. Your husband is not your source. (laughs) Don't beat him up if he has fallen on hard times. Don't say, oh my word, I just can't believe that you just, you can't, you Find a job. You're just so stupid. You're just so... No. You are a team. You're on the same team. And you need to encourage him. And you dress him up and send him out on his interview and say, Oh, you know, I tell my husband when he leaves the house, Oh, Ronnie, you're so fine. You're so fine. You blow my mind. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, 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 Ronnie. I want my voice to be the last voice he hears as he walks out the door. Oh, Ronnie, you're so fine. You're so fine. You blow my mind. I do. That's what I tell him. I want my, la- my lips mm, to be the last lips that he ever tastes. <laughs> the only lips. Because you know what? The devil will put somebody out there to say, oh, pastor, you look so good today. I like that time. <laughs> the devil knows. He knows how to, he does. So what, what about, um, so what about Psalms 103? <laughs> Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. There are benefits to being in the kingdom. Amen. Number one, he, he forgives all my sins, all of them. All my sins are cast into the sea of forgetfulness. And God puts a no fishing allowed sign out there. <laughs> That's what Corey Tim Boom used to say. <laughs> yeah, He's, he forgives all of my sins. He heals all your diseases. What, all but Huntington's disease? Because that one's so hard. No, all means all. He heals all your diseases. But what if you say, well, you know, I know the word says that, Miss Suzanne, but you know, I... I I've got a fibulating heart, and my daddy had a fibulating heart, and his daddy had a fibulating heart, and you know, if I was to start exercising, my heart might go to fibulating, and then then I'd be in trouble. Well, let me tell you, when you got born again, you got a daddy that ain't got no sickness or disease in his bloodstream, and you are the healed of the Lord, is what the Word says. He redeems our life from destruction. He renews our youth like the eagles. My husband is 70 years old, and I had to put my tennis shoes on to run with him, baby. He is a leader. He is going, you know, I mean, he is, I had to start taking vitamins and, you know, all that jazz because he's, his youth has been renewed like the eagle. Yeah. <laughs> 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 So, um, so Galatians 3.13 says we are redeemed from the curse of sickness and disease, right? We are redeemed from that. And so where my life goes is really up to me more than I realize. Because when you line your words up 
with the word of God and you begin to speak the word over your life. Proverbs 18, 21, life and death is in the power of the tongue. And so we must begin to prophesy over our life what the word of God says. Not what people have told you, that you will never amount to anything and you are good for nothing. You know, I mean, I have been an alcoholic for years and years. I've been in treatment centers since I was 13 years old. And I had been in and out of those self-help groups and and we, our, our, uh, our printing company was bought out by this huge company in Atlanta. And they would come, they would send the big dogs in from Atlanta, you know, into Birmingham. And they would all come through and meet us little peons, you know, that was working back there in the printing company. And I, they would say, Hi, I'm so-and-so from Atlanta. And I was scared to death. I was going to say, I'm Suzanne and I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> you know, because that had been instilled in my head. Hi, I'm Suzanne, and I'm an alcoholic. And I said it over and over, every day, every day, every day, until I would get those little medals. And once you got a little medal, you just felt so proud, you'd go out and have a drink. Oh, my word. You know, it was crazy. And, you know, and so, and then the vicious cycle would start all over again. But it matters what people speak over your life, but what matters more is that you speak the word of God over your life because one day when I bowed my knee to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the Deliverer, I never had to go back. I never had to go back. God set me free. Now, did I, did I have to stay in the battle? You better believe it. Satan was not going to roll out the red carpet for me and say, oh, go ahead. Live your life for God now. No, he rolled up in the driveway every Friday night, just like he always did. Beep, beep, come on, girl, let's go. And I had a choice to make. What was I going to do? There were times where I had had a bad day where I was angry, and that was the only way I knew how to deal with it, was to have a drink or go use drugs. And my friends would say, oh, come on, you know, you're not gonna live this Pollyanna life forever. <laughs> Miss Goody Two Shoes, you're not gonna do this forever. Come on out and have a drink with us. And I wanted to, there were days where I really did want to. But you know what I would do? I would go get on the nasty bathroom floor and I would kneel down and I would say, God, I really do want to go with them. And you know I want to go with them. But I don't want to lose this peace that I have with you. I don't want to lose this, this relationship that I am just now getting with you. God, please help me say no. Help me say no. Can I tell you every time? Every time I asked him to help me, he helped me every single time and I never went back out and I never had another drink and I kept on moving with God into my divine destiny. Because I continue to speak the word of God over my life. So what does it mean to prophesy? Do we have to wear big robes and strut our stuff all over the platform? No, <laughs> please do not do that. <laughs> To prophesy means to speak or utter forth or to announce or declare a thing. To declare it. See, so your prophetic destiny is that which has been declared over your life beforehand. Remember Jeremiah, uh, God told Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Amen. He knew you before you were ever even formed in your mother's womb. He said, I have separated you and I have called you to the nations. And you said, well, yeah, but that's Jeremiah. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, God tells us in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. prophesy. So what does it mean? Why would we do that? Because he says in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 2, because he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto man, but unto God. Howbeit in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. There are those divine secrets. There are secret things that are hidden for us that we will never access. There are the prophetic words that we'll never access except going through the door of speaking in other tongues. The gateway to the supernatural realm for a Christian is your doorway of being baptized in the Holy Ghost and getting your prayer language with God. 
And so then you will begin to prophesy with power and anointing and wield the sword of the spirit and be the fierce warrior that you want to be. You can be a little mommy at home rocking your baby and praying out the mysteries of God. You can be a little older lady who doesn't drive at night, but yet you can stay home and you can, you can speak the mysteries of God. Bring it from the supernatural into the natural. Jesus said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And so this is how we push those things and bring them into, into the natural realm. So this is our moment to be fierce warriors in these last days. So first of all, how do we be a fierce warrior? We must, number one, awaken to who God has called us to be. Because I'm telling you, God is raising up the Esthers, the intercessors in these last days. He is calling out the Deborahs, the, the frontline warriors in these last days to do the works of God and to stand our ground for our children. The Bible says in the last days, our children will be crying in the streets. And we see it. We see it now. And so God is saying we must do something about that. And so Isaiah 52 verse 1 says, Awake, awake, and put on your strength, O Zion. Put on your beautiful garments. Or in other words, take off those tattered slave girl clothes because you are no longer a slave. You are the daughter of the king. Woo, that's who you are. So we must awaken to who we really are. Look at your sister and shout, wake up. Oh, that was good. Yes. <laughs> so it says, awake and put on your strength. See, the joy of the Lord is your strength. If the devil can steal your joy, he's got your song. And if he's got your song, then he's got your strength. And so that's what I love about my Tiffany. She sits on the platform and she worships God. And, and, and it makes you go, well, maybe my problems aren't so bad after all, you know. If she can worship God. like she is, how can I not lift my hands to the living God and worship him? She is such an inspiration until she gets her miracle. I'm just telling you, she is such an inspiration. And so, so we have got to understand who we really are. The Bible says that you are the bride of Christ. So look at your sister and shout, wake up! <laughs> Never lose sight of who you are. First Peter 2.9 says you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You are God's own special people that you may proclaim or prophesy the, the praises of him who called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. You're an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. You are the apple of God's eye. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We have got to live out of who we really are in Christ. We got to live out of who we are. We are daughters of the king. So what are you saying about your life? What are you speaking over this new year of 2015? I mean, we're already into April. Can you believe that? That is crazy. It is just, you know, it's just flying. And I'm just like, God, we must be speaking over our last days. The book of Job says in Job 22, verse 28, can anything good come out of Job? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it says, decree a thing. Proclaim it, declare something, and it shall be established unto you, and the light will shine upon your, on your path. I don't know about you, but I want God's light to shine on my path everywhere I go. I want to walk in, in, his, in his, when the king spoke something, it became the law. And then he sealed it with a ring. Well, we know the Holy Spirit is our seal. But when you speak God's word, it becomes law in your life. And if we will stay in line with God's word, we will see it come to pass in Jesus' mighty name. Just stay with it. Just stay on it. Because um, the life is in, there, there's power in the word of God. But you know, you, you, you can't um, just live any old way you want to. And expect the word of God to be fulfilled in your life. 
Samson taught us, you, you can't fight the Philistines by day and sleep with them by night. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you got to choose this day whom you will serve. Mm-hmm. You do. And it's time to lay aside those weights that keep us from running our race. Because the Holy Ghost is going somewhere. You believe it? He's going somewhere in these last days. I took up running. I, I ran my fifth marathon. I'm about to run my sixth one. Marathon, 26.2 miles. Yeah. It takes me five hours to do it, but you know. <laughs> but I'm 53, and that's pretty good. Didn't run my first one until I was 50. <laughs> so, so, you know, I mean, I, I said, well, I'm going to run. I'm going to run my first one in five hours. And so what happens is there's a pace group. We're keeping pace with the Holy Ghost in these last days because he knows where he's going. We just got to keep up with him. And so I got in this pace group and this guy runs 26.2 miles with a sign in his hand that stands way up high and it says five hours, five dot dot zero zero. And so he's running. And so I was like, oh yeah, five miles. I've trained for this. 10 miles, I've trained for this. 13 miles, the, the half marathoners break off. <laughs> and there's a bunch of them go that way. And you're like, oh my goodness, I'm not sure I can do this. You know, I, I wish I was breaking off now because I still feel pretty good right now. Mile 15, I was running. I was keeping pace with Mr. Five Hour Guy. And I was running, I was going, I was going. You wonder how do I maintain this 50 pound booty with my, yeah, <laughs> running marathons. It's a gift. <laughs> so, uh, so I, I, um, I was running, running, and mile 18, I hit the wall. I didn't, my body, my body shut down. I did not think I could go another minute. And I was like walking. My husband was timing me. You know, you can log on to see where people are. And uh, his friend Danny said, um, he said, Suzanne just hit the wall. She's walking. She's walking right now. And if she doesn't pick it up, there's a balloon lady behind me. In six hours, she's going to take me off the track. She's going to take me off the course and take me back to the finish line, and I wouldn't get my medal. So I'm thinking about her, and I'm thinking, I'm so tired. What am I going to do? I've got to continue to run this race, and, and I'm at only at mile 18. <laughs> now, I had run 20 miles. I tell you, you don't run any more than 20 miles because you'll just the sheer adrenaline of running a marathon will get you the last 6.2. And so, and, yeah, yeah, right. And so... <laughs> So I was running, running, running. And then I, when I hit the wall, I was like, I cannot go another step. My body has just shut down. I just don't think I can do it. And so I had some peanut butter crackers, but I was really thirsty, so I can eat peanut butter. And so, um, you know, and so I had my little water bottle on my side because, you know, I was all strapped up and looking like a marathon runner. <laughs> and I had, I had all my gear on me and my little goo gels and all that. And so I was, you know, and so I was walking. <laughs> And all of a sudden, a scripture came to me. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings as eagles. That should have been my scripture on my bird egg thing looking thing. Um, and so I ate my peanut butter cracker and I drank my water. And I'm telling you, I, I had already watched the five-hour guy go out of sight, you know. And so I picked it up and I started running again. And I started running. I got to mile um, 24 and my toenail came off. Oh, my word. In my shoe. And I'm like, oh, oh my word. Here I am running. And, you know, I mean, it was crazy. And so all of a sudden, I'm getting to the, I'm almost a mile out. And all of a sudden, I hear, I hear my shepherd's voice. Come on, baby. You can make it. Ron was out there. He had come out a mile to meet me. He said, you can do it. You're almost there. I'm like, but my toenail. <laughs> He's like, just go. Keep going. You can do it. All of a sudden, you start hearing the cheers of the people at the finish line. Woo! There's a great cloud of witnesses that are watching you run your race, keeping pace with the Holy Ghost in these last days. And when I cross that finish line, I said, I want my medal. And I'm telling you, there's a crown of righteousness laid up for us in these last days. Woo! If you'll keep running your race, you will get your crown. And then you will kneel down and give it to him. 
you will lay it at his feet because you know you could never have run the race without him, without him helping you. He's so faithful. He's going to help us cross over our finish line. And so um, Isaiah 52, the second principle is um, not only must we wake up, but we must arise to our authority as a believer. Isaiah 52 says, shake yourself from the dust and arise. Loose your bonds, loose yourself from the bonds of your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. What would a bond around your neck do? It would choke the words. <laughs> kind of like, you know, it would choke the words from coming out of your mouth. So God says, I want you to arise, come up and loose yourself from the bonds and come up, rise up. So look at your sister and say, rise up. God is calling us out. Isaiah 16, that was so good. <laughs> arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. We must arise to the call of God on our life. Each and every one of you is called of God to do something for the kingdom that only you can do. And so we must loose ourselves from the bonds. There comes a time where you must take responsibility for your life. You know, I made a lot of wrong choices in my life and I went to psychiatrists and I did laid on the psychiatrist is my mother, my mother. She's the one that, you know, and it was because my father was an alcoholic. It was because nobody ever, you know, did anything for me. And, you know, there comes a time where you just have to own it and move on. Forget those things which are behind and press. Sometimes we don't even need the devil. We mess our own selves up over and over and over again. Break the cycle. Loose yourself from the bonds and let God pour the Holy Ghost and fire in. You know, John Wesley said, get a man on fire for God and people will come from miles to watch him burn. Woo, I wanna be that one. I wanna be the one that has the fire of God that people long for. Long for. Luke 10, 19, Jesus says, behold, I give you the authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. You have been given authority in the word of God to be the fierce warrior that God has called you out to be. But it's gonna be up to you to loose yourself and rise up and be everything that God has called you to be because we release our faith through our words and our actions. To be a doer of the word and not just a hearer only. James tells us you are deceiving yourself if you're just reading the word and you, and you walk away and you never do what it says. And so remember uh, the woman with the issue of blood in Mark chapter 5. It says that, um, that she had been sick for 12 years. She had spent all that she had. And yet she continued to grow worse. Now, I've seen a lot of sick people, but I have never seen anybody that had spent everything they had. This was a real woman. A real woman who walked the dusty streets of Jerusalem, who was ostracized from her family. She was an outcast to society. This isn't a fairy tale. This was a real woman who had spent everything she had. She had been to every physician, but yet she continued to grow worse. She was in a hopeless situation. But one day somebody came and knocked on her door. There's a healer in town. I believe he could be the Messiah. I've seen blind eyes open. I've seen him heal the leper. I'm just telling you, there's a healer in town. And what does she do? She rose up and she said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I know that I'll be made whole. And she pressed through the crowd when she wasn't even supposed to be in society and she touched the hem of his garment and he said, who touched me? And his disciples said, everybody, <laughs> you know, like, everybody's touching you. He said, oh no, somebody touched me in faith. Somebody touched me and I felt the power go out. Who was it? And she was gonna try and slip away. <laughs> but she said, it was me. And the Bible says, she told him the whole story. You know, women are going to give all the details. <laughs> women have issues. I need a Kleenex. I don't know whatever happened to my hanky. But, um, and so she told the whole story. And you know, the heading in my Bible says, um, calls her the woman with the issue. 
Women have issues. Are you known as the woman with the issue at work? <laughs> Why don't you rise up and press through the crowd? <sighs> because you know what? Jesus never called her the woman with the issue. You know what he said? He called her daughter. Your faith has made you whole. And if her faith can make her whole, then your faith can make you whole. You just get into the word of God and you begin to see God do what his word says. And you say, well, how long do I have to keep confessing it? That's the wrong question. <laughs> We're believers. That, was, that is what we do. We stand on God's word and we stand and we stand and we stand and we stand. We stand. And that's what we do, because you're going to have to stand for something all the days of your life. You're going to have to believe God, either for healing or finances or for your children, or you're going to have to have faith for somebody else. So you're going to be believing God for something. Just continue to keep filling yourself up with the Word of God, because what's down in the well comes up in the bucket. You believe it? So you better have a, res a reservoir full of the word of God because the enemy will keep you on the run. Oh, now I'm sick. I got to go find some healing scriptures. Oh, blah, 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 blah. oh, and now my finances are gone. I need to go get in the word and see if I can find some healings, you know, some, you know, I mean, he'll just keep you on the run all the time. So what's the answer? Get the word of God in you every day. Every day, they gave me a one-year Bible when I went to Rama Bible Training Center. And for, for 20 years now, I have read through the Word of God every year. And you say, that is, isn't that boring? No. I mean, yeah, you get into Numbers and Deuteronomy. Okay, maybe a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for you CPAs out there, I'm sure the Numbers is really good for you. But um, God likes to count. Uh, that's the only thing I got out of that book. But... Um, but if you read it, if you read it over and over and over again, what's down in the well, when you get into a crisis situation, you won't have to run here, run there. You'll have the word of God to just draw from. What came out of my spirit when uh, those men abducted me in that, in that taxi cab? The word of God. You said in Psalm 91, you've given your angels charge over me to keep me in all of my ways. And so, you know, when what, I was not expecting that to happen, but that's what came up and out of me because in my missions class, they made us memorize Psalm 91. Every day, we quoted it. Every day, every day, every day. What was happening? It was getting down in the well. Because there comes a day where you're going to need to pull it out and give somebody living water. And you're going to have it to give. So look at your sister and shout, rise up! Rise up! <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Amen! Rise up! And so there are some things... That number, okay, number three, you must accomplish your prophetic destiny by being, being what? Being, I can't even read my writing. Yes, I do handwrite all my sermons. <laughs> yeah. So, um, by speaking the word of God over your life, confession is not just mindless words. It is saying what you believe about what God has said. It is taking God's word and speaking it over your life, knowing that, that Jesus said, my words, they are spirit and they are life. They are spirit and they are life. God told me from the time I was a baby Christian, he said, Suzanne, start every day in the spirit. Which meant read the word, pray in the spirit, start every day in the spirit and keep your heart turned toward me all day. Just talk to him. Prayer is not a position. <laughs> oh, Prayer is just talking to God. He's your heavenly father. He loves you. He cares about every detail of your life. Every single detail that you're going through, he, he, has, he has an answer for. And so just talk to him. He says, start every day in the spirit and keep your heart turned toward me all day. And when you lay down at night, I'll give you revelation. You'll have answers to things that you didn't really, could not figure out in your head during the day when you lay down at night because you have stayed in tune with me. I'm going to give you the answers that you need to make your life. He says that he's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. 
And so, you know, when we stay in tune with him all day, then we're going to speak the word. So look at your sister and shout, speak up. So first we, ri- we wake up, and then we rise up, and then we speak up. I mean, because, you know, we're women. We like to talk. We should be able to do this, right? Oh, my goodness. Yes, we should be able to just talk and talk and talk the word. <laughs> and so there are some things that are just now coming to pass that have been spoken over my life years and years and years ago. And so, um, you know, the thing about it is it was seven years from the time I got my Proverbs 31, 23 scripture, her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. It was seven years that I would walk and, and pray that scripture. And then I went to Bible college and I never met my husband there. And then I went to India and then I laid aside my dream to ever be married, to go and work in the home for these girls in a village covered from head to toe. And I said, God, how's there even going to know there's a woman under here? How how am I ever supposed to get married? (laughs) He said, don't worry about it. So I would tuck my girls in at night and I would go up and I would walk on the rooftops or flat (laughs) and I would walk and pray under that black night sky where the stars is so dark in India where the stars are like diamonds on a sheet of black velvet and I would walk and pray and I would say father you've given me this word and I believe that my husband is respected at the city gate he is a leader he's a man of integrity he's a good man And he walks in love. And God, wherever he is right now, I pray that you will just keep him, that you will bless him, that you will anoint him. And God, I just thank you, Lord, that one day when I meet him, I am going to come alongside him and help him fulfill his destiny. And I said it over and over and over I didn't know that he was hanging by his fingernails, taking care of a little invalid wife and growing a church and preaching every Sunday and, you know, but God knew exactly where he was and he knew exactly where I was. And in that divine moment of time, God brought it all together and it came to pass. If you will stay on the word of God, it shall come to pass. So what are you saying about your year of 2015? God is preparing us, calling us out for such a time as this. But you know, we're gonna put some things into practice. I just stuck this in my, in my um, notebook. This is from my own journal that I uh, have been speaking these since 2011. These scriptures that I speak since 2011. And so I want you to stand with me and we're going to confess the word of God because I believe in precept and example. You teach on the word and then you show people how to do it, right? And so um, so if we could just have the, little, the band come, that'd be awesome to have some little music in the background for this. Yeah, um, the worship team. <laughs> Should have called you up a long time ago. But you know, I mean, um, God really wants us to put into practice Some of the things that he has called us to. So don't give up. Some of you, God has laid on your heart to step out and do some things for him. If we don't have the worship team, that's fine. Oh, they're coming. Oh. Um, hey. (laughs) I like your little hat. That's so cute. (laughs) Yay. Woo. Okay. So we're going to confess some things, okay? Physically, because you know, that's what this whole thing is about. She did the word and the confession and the spoken word. That was just so powerful. I love that. Okay, so this is what um, it says, and your sons and your daughter shall prophesy, right? So we're going to prophesy some things over our life. So, um, so this year holds for me, we're going to say 2015. Physically, physically. Okay, 2015 is my year. Of health and healing. According to 1 Peter 2.24. By his stripes. I was healed. So I declare. 2015. Is my best year ever. I will take care of my temple. I will exercise. 
<laughs> and choose to eat healthier. I will stay fit for my king and kingdom business. I am redeemed from every generational curse according to Galatians 3.13. I choose to walk in divine health all the days of my life. Woo, let's just praise him for a minute. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are Jehovah Rapha. You are the Lord that heals. Okay, emotionally. I have been delivered from the power of darkness. So I am making a decree. 2015 is my year of joy. This is my year of peace. Depression is a thing of the past for me. The joy of the Lord is my strength. He fills my mouth with laughter. Woo! Hallelujah! Yes! Okay. I'll just keep going. Okay. Um, so, my family. 2015 is the year of salvation for my family. I decree that laborers will be sent to my family. Every time they turn around, someone will be there to share the love of God with them. I decree their hearts are fertile soil and my harvest is coming. I decree this is the year of restoration for my family. In Jesus' name, yes, God. Yes, Lord. The prodigals are coming home. The prodigals are coming home. Yes, God. Oh, he's mighty God. He cares about your family. It's, it's time for the sweeping of the end time harvest. Spiritually, this is my best year ever. I read God's Word daily. <laughs> yes, I grow in character and increase in faith. I'm going to lead more people to Jesus than I ever have before. I decree this is my most consecrated year that I've ever given to God. This is my year of total obedience to God. I will walk in the presence of God and the wisdom of God. I pray and speak out mysteries for my God, for my church, and for the nations. Yes, Lord, we consecrate our hearts fresh and anew to you today. We thank you, Lord, that you are faithful and true. God, we will walk in obedience. We will say, yes, sir. When you speak to us, we will obey quickly. Okay, financially, I decree. This is my best year ever. I have been tithing. I have been sowing. And the harvest is mine. I decree that my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I am blessed in everything I put my hand to. The storehouse of heaven is open to me. I will give to missions and the hurting and God will meet my needs. I decree I will be a light in the marketplace. I have a good attitude. I have a good attitude <laughs> and God will prosper me I am blessed in the city I am blessed in the field I am blessed going out I am blessed coming in I am the head and not the tail Woo! hallelujah let's just praise him and I decree that this land will never be the same because you women of God are going back to your homes and Nevada and Nevada, okay, sorry, and <laughs> Southern California, 
will never be the same because you women are fierce warriors and you will take the word of God and speak it over this land in Jesus' mighty name.